After packing quickly, Holmes and I accompanied Sir Arthur to the station, where we boarded the train to Undershaw, his estate in Hindhead, Surrey. "'Tell me, Sir Arthur,' Holmes said, as our train moved swiftly across the green and gold late summer countryside. "'How came you to be involved in this investigation?' I wondered if Holmes were put out. The mystery had begun in early summer. Here it was nearly harvest time before anyone called for the world's only consulting detective. "'It is my tenants who have been most troubled by the phenomena,' said Sir Arthur, recovering from his earlier shock. "'Fascinating as the field theorems may be, they do damage the crops, and I feel responsible for what has happened. I cannot have my tenants lose their livelihoods because of my actions.' "'So you feel the vandalism was directed at you?' said I. Sir Arthur had involved himself in several criminal cases, generally on the side of a suspect he felt to be innocent. His efforts differed from those of Holmes in that Holmes never ended his cases with ill-advised legal wrangles. No doubt one of Sir Arthur's less grateful supplicants was venting his rage against some imagined slight. "'Vandalism?' Sir Arthur said. "'No.' This is far more important, more complex than vandalism. It's obvious that someone is trying to contact me from the other side. The other side, I asked, of Surrey? Surely it would be easier to use the post. Sir Arthur leaned toward me, serious and intense. Not the other side of the country. The other side of life and death. Holmes barked with laughter. I sighed quietly. Intelligent and accomplished as my friend is, he occasionally overlooks proprieties. Holmes will always choose truth over politeness. You believe, Holmes said to Sir Arthur, that a seance brought about these field theorems, the crushed crops, the country equivalent of ectoplasm and levitating silver trumpets. The scorn in Holmes's voice was plain. But Sir Arthur replied calmly. He has, of course, faced disbelief innumerable times since his conversion to spiritualism. Exactly so, he said, his eyes shining with hope. Our loved ones on the other side desire to communicate with us. What better way to attract our attention than to offer us knowledge beyond our reach? Knowledge that cannot be confined within an ordinary seance cabinet? We might commune with the genius of Newton?'